Judges chapter 2. And verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered together to their fathers. And there rose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. You may be seated. My purpose tonight is to talk to you about book of Judges, Israel's cycle of sin, the nation of Israel. And I want to tell you at the beginning here, we read about Adam and Eve, but Adam and Eve was not the only people in a perfect environment. Israel, of all nations, no nation on earth ever have the experience that Israel had. You've never heard the voice of God once in your life. Israel did. You've never seen any imagery of God, any visions of God. Israel has. No nation on earth ever had God so close as the nation of Israel. And even the Bible will tell you that. No other nation. They have been exalted above all the nations of the earth. And God gave them the best land on earth. Just like he did Adam and Eve. And we're going to learn something about the nation of Israel. Because uh, when you look at Israel today, it's not like Israel yesterday. It's not the same. They are just the vestige of their past. In fact, some of them don't even know their past. In the book of Numbers 33, in verse 52, you go there and look. I'm going to read to you what it said. God tell Israel, Then shall you drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pitches, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. Verse 55. But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those yet remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Numbers 33, 52, 55. Now, we are literally seeing this happen. I don't know if you know this. God never intended any other nation to live in Jerusalem but Israelites. Never did. Now the world is asking Israel to coexist with the very thing that God said to drive out. Now you see what happened today. If Israel ever tried to drive out what's there, the whole world is up in arms. But Israel don't quite have the edge that she used to have many years ago. I'm going to show you that the weight of sin is very costly and and. Uh, like to reverse the asset that we had. Now, the cycles of the book of Judges, sin, is a span of over 480 years, almost 490 years, the book of Judges. Four, that's a long time. It's almost as long a time as they were in Egypt, 430 years. What was left 
of the one generation hurt another. Alright? I'm going to pour some things out to you that make Israel so problem today. In Judges 2.10 And also, all that generation gathered together their fathers and there arose a generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. That's a bad situation. Chapter 3 in verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them even as many of Israel which had not known wars of Canaan. Now, that's the problem. They don't know war. They don't know how to fight. The parents did not teach them. In Judges chapter 3 and verse 2, only that the generation of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. At least such as before knew nothing. Now, all the things they need to know and learn, they have not been taught it. In Judges 18, it says here, in verse 1, And in those days there was no king in Israel. And it goes on in verse 2. Verse 17 says, And we see Israel begin to disintegrate. I'm going to show you some things about the nation of Israel that you need to know. A chart for just a moment. So I wish you hope you can see past. Jerusalem. In the book of Judges, 121, you'll find in chapter 1 a word stated that, and they did not drive out their adversaries. They did not drive out the adversary. In other words, what they didn't drive out or drove out turned out to be a thorn in their flesh. Right? So, parents, be careful what you leave behind for your kids to deal with. In chapter 10 and verse 4 to 5, the name Jerusalem is mentioned. You know who actually owned Jerusalem originally? The Jebusites. Not Israel. Not the Muslims. But the Jebusites. The people you know nothing about. They were the original owner until... In 998 B.C., David and Joab drove out them from Jerusalem. They became the center of worship to Israel. All right? We're going to find that. And we study about Jerusalem. This is not my major study right now. Jerusalem changed hands several times. In fact, more than 30 times by captives uh, they lost it to Egypt Assyria Greece Rome Persia to the Muslims to the Turks and the list is long and they never got it back until June right, 27 in 967 six day war that's where they got it back but look at this I'm going to show you right now but my story about the book of Judges I'm going to show you some grave mistake that Joshua made. Joshua was a perfect man, but he made some terrible uh, organizational mistake. Joshua came to power as an anointed leader. And God told Moses to separate Joshua, encourage him, 
put some of your honor on him. And Joshua would be the replacement of Moses. Joshua was to be brought before the people and be anointed. And he, Moses would let him stand with them because he fought Moses' battle. And all of Moses' honor was placed on him. And he was the replacement for Moses. So the first five books, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua is about the man called Joshua. And his name actually means Jesus, the captain of the host. Moses gave over captainship to, 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 to Joshua. And when Joshua was under his leadership, they have nothing but good success, prosperity, invincibility, conquest, blessing, security, victory. All because Joshua never deviated from the plan of God that Moses gave to him. He kept it, and the people, the second generation since Egypt, they owe their success to the leadership of Joshua and the fact that they adhere to the laws of Moses. So, when Israel is in the will of God, no nation on earth can defeat them. They're undefeatable. They are invincible. Now, what you're going to find in a summary mode, when you look at the book of Judges, when you read from chapter 1 to the last chapter, you're going to find... They start out being blessed on the Joshua leadership. And as soon as he died, so Joshua died, and his generation died, the children of those people, they did evil in the sight of God. They sinned. And when they sin, they go into servitude. And when there's servitude and the pain and the price of sin and the way those sin hit them, they begin to cry out to God. The convenience store. Because they're oppressors. And God, being merciful, will send them saviors. We call those saviors judges. And those judges, when they fight, they win. Because the judges were ordained of God. And the judges brought them back to God. And so, they had peace. But the problem is, after peace and they're blessed, they go back in sin. So they had what's called cycles of sin. Sometimes we read in the Bible, it says, and the people of Israel did what was right in their own eyes. Five times or six times it says, they cried to the Lord. It was a vicious circle. Now that should remind me of people who backslide from the church. They go up, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And something God told me in my mind, Israel never fall or fell. Israel only stumbled. Because once you fall, you're not getting back up. There is a difference between stumbling and falling. Israel stumbled at the rock, Christ Jesus, but they didn't fall. Babylon will fall and will rise again. Egypt fell and will not rise again. But Israel does not fall. Israel stumbled. And when she stumbled, she get back up and go through it again. She stumbled. And God bring her, bring her back up. Not so with the world system. Alright? Look at this here. We're seeing the price of having no leadership in their life. And here's a narrative. The book of Judges 
is about the narrative of the people's lifestyle. When you compare the book of Judges with the book of Joshua, you cannot believe it's the same people. It's, you know, you thought, are these the same people? It's like me in church. Some people in church are living on the mountain top, and some is deep in the valley. Some, some are conquerors, and some are just captives of the will of Satan. How could that be? Something is wrong, right? So there are two different chapters. So under the book of Joshua, that same people had God as their covering. God and, and Joshua provide leadership, so they had success, prosperity, conquest, respect, and the law was in their midst. Now, as long as Israel had that kind of lifestyle, no nation can defeat them. And they always were the head, never the tail. They did not borrow, they lent. Amazing. They were never captives, they were free men. So that's what tell today. Something is wrong with the nation of Israel. Something is wrong. Why they are the way they are. Because they have the name, but they don't have the blessing. They have the name, but they don't have the covering. They have the name, but they don't have the peace that belongs to them by inheritance. Because when I read Genesis 12 and look at their life, it's not coincidental at all. There's no uh, uh, conjunction between the two. It's not coming together. Now, when I read the book of the book of uh, Judges, I see they had no man of God in their life, as it was in Joshua. Joshua was a man of God. Everybody in the church needs a man of God in their life. And we find here that no man of God in their life. There were no, no success, and there was no successor over them. So they know not God. They had no king. They were constantly being oppressed, constantly being impoverished, constantly experiencing servitude, constantly being bullied by other nations, and constantly living a life of lawlessness. So all they had was a cycle of sin. It's from there the the, the information came about the ways of what? Sin is what? Death. Israel is dying. What a contrast between the book of Judges and the book of Joshua. difference between them. Now, if you look on the book of Judges, you see cycles of sin. They're the tail. They're weaker than all the other nations. They're failures. And they have, in their midst, moral decay. In the book of Joshua, look how powerful they were. They had divine leadership. And they have a series of conquests. In fact, 31 in, in total. And we looked at a headship over them. They were strong. They were successful. They were holiness people. What a contrast. When a man lived for God, look at the difference between a person who doesn't. It said, The nation that forget God shall be turned into hell. Even Israel will be the same. Now, God will not let Israel fall, but God will let Israel stumble. But let nations fall. Kingdoms have fallen. For example, Egypt has fallen. Babylon has fallen. But Israel stumbles and shall rise again. Babylon will not rise again. 
Egypt will not rise again. The United States will fall. Canada will fall. Every nation on the earth will fall except the nation of Israel. That's amazing. They will stumble and they'll be whipped, but they will not be destroyed. Now, look at this. What's the difference between the book of Joshua and the book of Judges? In Joshua, since Egypt, Joshua left behind what we call the second generation. Are you with me? And that second generation produced children that became the third generation. Are you with me? And they are the one that the book is all about. The third generation since Egypt. There's a group that lived in Egypt that knew Moses and saw the Red Sea opened up. Was at Mount Sinai and all those wonderful sessions on them. But they died in the wilderness. Their children rose up and conquered the promised land on the Joshua leadership. Look what happened. They had a revelation of God. Alright? They never became unequally yoked with the inhabitants of the land. They destroyed, like I told them, all the heathens. They were under the leadership of God and Joshua. They obeyed the law of Moses. God was their king. They practiced life of separation. They destroyed all the image and the influence of the heathen nation. And no sure, they celebrated all the feasts of God. And so they earned the blessings. They know new peace. They were a united kingdom. They were pure. And they were victorious. Now turn the fan back on and bring it back here. Thank you, please. All right? Let's blow my chart away. That's all right. Now, look at the benefit of having leadership over your life. Look at the blessing of walking in the light. See what happened? The book of Joshua is the same people called Israel. Now, look at Israel today. Israel today don't even come close to what you find written in the book of Joshua. There was no United States of America to defend them in the book of days of Joshua. There were no nuclear bombs and all those stuff to help them. Just the Word of God and a man of God. Hallelujah. And they conquered mightier nations than themselves because they were divinely led by a theocratic system, not a political system. Now, the third generation third generation. Look what happened here. That's the generation that grew up and inherited everything their parents fought for. They had a promised land, but never fought for it. They inherited houses they didn't build. They enjoyed the fruit of the vine they didn't plant. Everything was added to them. And they have no idea how they got it. And so what? They grew up. They knew not God. They intermarried with the enemies of God. They were without the leadership and the headship of any divine called leader. They, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was no king and no leader with them. And they became absorbed into a world system, which means they lost their distinctive characteristic of being Israelite. And they also compromised the things of God. They forgot God. And here's the sad part. They knew not how to fight. So what do they do? They accommodate. 
They avoid the truth and accommodate the enemies. And so what we find right here, they were now in bondage, which never, ever happened in the book of Joshua. Only one time Joshua almost lost the battle at Ahai. You know why, don't you? One person, one family, broke rank and lived sinful and disobeyed God, and the whole country suffered. Now you know why Israel is in trouble. Israel can defeat the entire world, even Russia and America and all these countries, with God's help alone, without having any nuclear weapon. But they cannot because they do not have the covering. They do not have the approval of God. In fact, they're experiencing punishment because the people they, they make league with, God use them to punish them. If a, if a saint of God marry a backslider, you're going to have problems. Yes, or a sinner. You just can't do it. All right? Now, so they forgot God. They had civil strife, which is not in the book of Joshua. They had immorality, which is not in the book of Joshua. And they were defeated absence of victory. That's Israel in the book of Judges. Every Christian should read the book of Judges. That's the question. Is that the life I want to live? Or do I want to live the life of Joshua of conquest, good success, and invincibility, and where I am the head and not the tail? Because the wages of sin is what? So Israel today... Israel today is experiencing what I call captivity and problems. When you look at your Bible, there are six or seven cycles of sin. I call today in church, out of church, in church, out of church, in church, out of church, in church. Out of church. At some point, you know, people don't come back. If they die that way, they die in their sins, obviously. Now, look at this, folks. I mentioned before that a Christian who lived for God don't really lost the battle. They quit. They quit living for God. Because the devil cannot defeat us. Because greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. And as long as Israel abide by the law of Moses under theocratic leadership, and keep the commandments of God. He said, no good thing will I withhold from that nation. And God says, your enemy will come in uh, uh, one way and be scattered seven ways. He said, you'll be so powerful when you're in my will that one of you will chase a thousand. And two of you can overcome ten thousand. You say, I don't believe it. Well, read about David's mighty men. Like Shaman, Adino, and all those mighty men. What thing they did? What about David killing giants? Huh? David killing giants. Those big tall men that these guys compromised with, they couldn't drive out of the book of Judges. David men drove them out. David men killed all the giants. Why? Was it David or was it God? It was God. We thought Goliath had the advantage, but no, he didn't. David did. They said, He's not circumcised, I am. Moses defeated Pharaoh with just a rod in his hand. Not one of those Israelites had a sword. (laughs) 
Samson, the judge, you're going to find, used the jawbone of an ass. Now, here's cycle one. I want to look at this, folks. When they forsook God in chapter 3 and verse 7, the first cycle, they had eight years of bondage. Look at the kindness of God. They cried to God and on their, on, from, from their oppressors. And God said, I'm a judge called Othniel. Right? In verse 9. And then in verse 11, God gave them 40 years of peace. It's amazing how the grace of God sometimes can be turned into disgrace. Israel, in sin, suffered eight years. And when they lived for God, they had 40 years of peace. Mm. The second cycle, they went back to their sinful as soon as Othniel died. What thing they did? Went right back to sin. And that tells me something, folks. You can't just have the pastor's faith. You've got to have your own faith. You can't just have the church conviction. You've got to have your own conviction like Daniel. Daniel was absent from home, but present with the conviction he had at home. And he was purposed in his heart, but he would not define himself. Well, these guys had no purpose. As soon as you remove leadership, they just fall down. That's not the kind of church God wants to build. That's not the kind of nation He wants to build. All right? Now, because integrity is revealed when you are by yourself, and you can do things, and no one will find out what you did, and you think you can away with it. What you do in private reveals your integrity. And so look what happened here. The second cycle, in chapter 3, verse 12, what do you think they did? They sinned again. And that's the cycle, folks. In chapter 3, verse 7, cycle 1. Chapter 3, verse 12, cycle 2. Chapter 4, and verse 1, cycle 3. Chapter 6, and verse 1, cycle 4. Chapter 7, Chapter 10, verse 6, cycle 5, and, and chapter 13, verse 1, cycle 6. And it's always saying the same thing. And the children of Israel did what? Evil in the sight of God. You need to look this up. If you follow anybody's lifestyle like that, you're going to have bondage. Now, bondage to them was serving other nations. But bondage to Christians means drug addiction, sex addiction, and a whole bunch of other problems, social sins, moral sins, spiritual sins, and abominations. Because the way of sin is death. On this basis, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans and used this to convince Israel that you are just as sinful as the nations around you. See, the only advantage you have is that you've got the law. And they don't have it. But you sin with the law, and the Gentiles sin without the law. So you're both sold on the sin. But you are worse than they are because you have the most perfect condition they never had. That's, that's what we've been taught here. Now, look at this here. In cycle number two, then the evil and the sin is God. God raised the king, and the king begin to oppress them in bondage. They cried and God gave them Ehud. Notice here. Only 18 years in bondage for their sins and 80 years on leadership. I see a pattern here. 
you got to have leadership in your life. The longer you let leadership lead your life, the longer you enjoy peace. No peace, no Him. No God, no peace. That's all there is to it. Now, the third cycle, they spend 20 years in captivity because they sin against like before. Why? When their leadership died. And then the Bible says, God raised up kings against them again. And now a woman rose up, Deborah. Who said women can't help us? Well, the guy was a coward. He wouldn't go. He wouldn't go. So who went? Deborah did. Amen. And so, here's what happened. Oh, yeah. pin here. Hold this down. All right? A clip. So look what happened now. Deborah rose up a woman. Woman. And she brought victory. How long was the victory? Forty years. You know, folks, your sons and your daughters can behave nice before you, but when you're not around, what do they do? In the absence of the your conscience, which is your parents or your lawgiver or your judge, what do you do? Thank you. That's what really matters. What will you do when the conscience is not there? And I'm seeing here, church, a pattern. Now, most people don't see this, but I, I see that right here. Praise God. Thank you. So what, what, I, what, what I see right here is, is this. As soon as leadership dies, that's why I want to tell you, church, churches, when the pastor passes on or move on, whatever the case is, the church go down and decline in standards, in holiness. They never did in the first place had a conviction. Israel never had a conviction about the things of God. So they can only last as long as the leadership was enforcing it. Well, as long as they stopped enforcing it, they relapsed back. Now, and so God delivered them 40 years. And then the fourth cycle, again, the sin was exactly the same, seven years of captivity. And they cried to God for their oppressor, their bonds they were in. And then God sent them Gideon. Gideon brought back victory. Notice here, 40 years of what? Peace. Church, look at the trend. Look at the object lesson we're learning here. Sin brings bondage. Repentance brings deliverance. When there's deliverance, there's peace. And that's the difference between the guy on skid row and the guy in church on first row. I'd rather being on first row of the church than skid row in the world. Think about it. All right. So we see again when he died. Now, there are churches today. People, they're dressed to here right, dressed right. But I promise you, if that pastor died, that church will go right back down to worse than when he was alive. Because they never had their own conviction. They had the preacher's conviction. They had the leader's conviction. But they need their own. When they go to another church, the first thing they do, they throw the standards. They throw what they knew. That's what Israel was doing. When the leadership died, look what they did. They threw right on. And God got mad. You know, you can tell how God feels about things. All right? So Gideon died, and they went right back. And so they're on the fifth cycle, and they spent how many years? Eighteen years. And we see 
God raised them against oppressors and oppressed them. And they cried. And God heard. And God sent him Jephthah. But look at the difference now in the years. Eighteen years of bondage and almost six years of peace. At some point, God says, Why should I deliver you? I'm going to tell the world. They cannot give Israel peace today. I don't care how hard they try. That guy was doing it right now, he's going to end with a heart attack. He can't solve that problem. That's bigger than him. That takes God to do it. If Jesus couldn't do it, he can't do it. I said, if Jesus couldn't settle Israel down, nor can he. Amen. You're going to take God to bring peace in the part of the world. Are you with me? Now, I know the help agencies want to help you, but they still can't help your friend. I don't care how ADAC tried, I don't care what they do in the world. They just can't get you to do what's right because only God knows what's in man. And God knows the spirit of man. And the book of Judges teaching us the life cycle of people. So there are people that I know of, they're in church, out of church, in church, out of church. And every revival they pray through, and revival is over, they go right back in the world. <laughs> Revival again. Oh man, they're breakthrough again. Oh, wonderful. Then they're back in the world again. And they go in and out. And you wonder, Lord, how long will this continue? Sometimes they're going to make it back to the end. All right. Look at this now. And so Jephthah passed on. And so God said, Okay, Israel, live for me. She don't. Went right back to do evil and spent 40 years. God got mad. Forty years is a long time, church. Anybody here forty years old? That's how long they were in bondage. Now Israel today is not in captivity, but she's being oppressed by the nations of the world. Why? Because Israel is in sin. God is still angry. Now, look at this. God raised up Samson. But Samson was a bad guy. Samson, he was just as bad as they were. Because Samson got in love with some girl that should not be, with prostitutes. They were bad girl, whores and hookers and all that stuff. So he was just as bad as they were. And the Bible says he got caught. He was chained first by his own people, then by the nation around him. And they stuck his eyes out. Boop, his eyes out. When he started playing with what made him Samson, God got angry. And God handed him over to his enemy. Amen. Now, can you imagine your leader in captivity grinding his teeth, hurting so bad, because he was just like the people, and under his leadership, amen, he lost his eyes. Now, he died with the enemy in their camp because he was with the wrong girl. And what happened to him? When he died, God said, that's enough. The only peace they had with him in, in power, 20 years. And if you take your Bible and look right now, I want to show the beauty of your God. God began to prepare the way. You see, you and I may not live for God like we should. But God has a plan. God has a plan. Thank you. 
God's a plan that I want to show you right now. Look at this plan that God has. First of all, let's review the mistakes. Joshua's mistake, as good as he was, he did not left them with a successor. He did not follow Moses' model of replacement of his, of his leadership. And then he told the people, as for me and my house, I'm okay. Well, you take care of your own house. That's selfishness. He said, I'll take care of my house. You take care of your own house. I won't be worried about your house. And he left them on their own. Well, what do you think people do on their own? Their own thing. So what he did, he left them to their own thing. And he said, people, now you choose. You choose which God you want to serve. He should tell them which God to serve. So you choose. You want to serve the God of your, your forefathers? Go ahead. The Amorites, go ahead. But me, I wish for the true God. That's not the way to do it, Joshua. No, that's not the way to do it. And so when he left, he left them, amen, to deal with enemies. No leadership to go into battle with them. That was the fault of Joshua. And look what happened. Israel is in a dilemma. Because now... A generation grew up that their parents did not teach them about the mistake of their grandparents. Did not teach them uh, that they have to work for what they get. They gave them everything without effort. Like church said today, Jesus did it all. There's nothing you have to do. You're going to slip into heaven no matter how bad you are. Not true. All right? They came all without any merit or working for it. And they left the enemies of the past for the kids to deal with and not taught the kids, these guys are your enemies. And look what happened. They had no influence on their kids in terms of godliness. And they didn't warn them that the enemies are still out there to be driven out. Instead of driving them out, they make peace treaty with them. Exactly what Israel is going to do with Antichrist. She's going to make peace treated with the Antichrist, which God called a covenant with hell. A mistake. You cannot sign a peace treaty. In a war, you must either win or lose. You sign a peace treaty, you're going to fight it again. <laughs> Until you win the battle, there is no peace. That's to be a conqueror. All right? But they didn't do that. So they made peace treaty with the nations, and they put the tributaries when they were strong. And they had no leadership to follow. And then Abimelech rose up and said, I'm going to be king. And to become king, it meant you had to kill a whole bunch of Gideons. Hello? Sons. Kill them all. And want to kill off God's seed. And a civil strife started. None of these things happened under the leadership of Joshua. In other words, church can have anarchy chaos, disunity, where there is no leadership. Where there is no law, there are many transgressors. And where there's weakness, the devil always brings, amen, uh, a disease to destroy the flock. And that's exactly what the second generation prepared the third for. Because the third generation, it's about the book of Judges. 
Don't forget now, the second generation is the book of Joshua. The first generation is the book of Exodus. Exodus generation, they died in the wilderness. Conquered nothing, got nothing, died, left everything behind. Because they're rebellion and unbelief. The second generation, they supported Joshua. They were with him. They followed the leadership and they were submissive. And they went all the way and they won. 31 kingdoms. Over time they lost when AI crossed, you know, did something wrong and crippled the whole nation and they stole him, got rid of him, and they conquered ever since. And they have won victories. They don't know what subjugation is or depression. All they know is peace, 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 peace. So when people in church are having peace, 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 church, when you're falling into pieces and they're having peace, that's the why I'm falling to pieces. You know, I'm not falling to pieces. But you got peace. There's a reason for it. All right? When you waste peace, God, what does He do? What does He do for you? He brings your enemy to be at what? Peace with you. But the nation that forget God, what happened? They're turned into hell. All right. I could tell you stories today that upset your mind. Now, the third generation, they know not God. That's your mistake. And every man do us right in their own eyes. Oh, no, that's dangerous. And <laughs> they purchased their own priest. The priest left his job, and now you can buy your own priest. Contrary to the Bible. They forsook the law of Moses. They make league with the nations. There was moral decay among them, Sodomites, among the Benjamites and Danites, and they tolerated it. And then, in the temple at Shallow, Shallow is where the tabernacle of Moses was. You know what they did? The guys who were in charge of Shallow, guess what? Sons of Belial. These guys were raping the women right in church at the altar. These men, these boys, were taking the offering and by force tell those people, give it to me the way I want it. I don't care what God says, I want it my way. I want it raw. <laughs> and Eli knew it, the priest, First time I preached on the mention of the judges, with any character at all, they knew it and did not chastise them. Tolerance. When the church began to tolerate sin and will not amputate it and remove it, it become a cancer and will destroy the entire body. Not only that, that spiritual wickedness. In high places. You know, people chose churches where the pastor is half blind. Eli sight was losing vision. So he couldn't see what's going on. Put the Bible says he's just overweight. <laughs> he's well fed. But did very little for the people. And the Bible said his sons were operating in high places. But there were perverts, adulterers, sodomites, evil boys. And he knew it, and the people complained about it. And all he did was 
boys, you know, don't do that, boys. It's not very nice of you. If you do that, you know, you're sitting against God, and it won't be nice for you, you know. And God says, you know what, this guy, this priest know what to do with those boys. Stole them. And God said, okay, you want to stone them? I'll fix you. And so now, all the time that's going on, here's God. Here's Peniah giving Anna a hell of a time at home. Bothering her. Because she got no kids. And the cart said, well, am I not better to you than more than ten sons? He said, I want a kid. <laughs> you got two wives, you don't have one. And you're bothering me. And so Baba said, she went to pray. Now, look at this. She come to church to pray. She was lucky to pass those two boys who were perverts and got to the altar to pray. And while she's praying, the big old fat, ugly, lazy priest sat down there and look at her and said, Woman, how long will you stay at the bottle? In other words, get drunk, but not that drunk. <laughs> And she said very respectfully, Oh, man of God, don't say that. Don't say that about me. Don't count me as a girl of Belial. I'm no prostitute. I'm no whoremonger. I'm clean. I belong to God. I am praying to Jehovah. Can you can't pray for me. And yourselves can't do it. And I'm asking God to help me. I'm asking God to answer my needs. So he said, All right, go home. You got your wish. Even when this man is backslidden, God's confirming his word. Because, see, it's about her and about him. So, you see, the book of Judges, spiritually, morally, and socially, it's a bad time for Israel. That's exactly the same today. Same today. And that's the state they're in. And that's going to lead them to servitude, bondage, and prickling their eyes. So it has nothing to do with, you know, the musket being stronger than they are. God just used those nations to whip Israel. Just like God used bad decisions and whip us with it. When you make them. Hopefully we will turn around and change. Alright? So, compromise in the house of God. The values of God and God said, you know what? These boys are terrible. These guys, they got no respect for the kingdom of God. And they are handling the Ark of the Covenant. They're not supposed to go behind the, the veil, church. And they got in war. And they're losing the war because God sent enemies to hurt them. Let me tell God, treat Israel. God raised up countries to bring war against Israel. Every one of these countries we're fighting Israel right now. It's the will of God. Mm, I lost you now. Every missile being fired at Israel is the will of God. Every guy who's trying to destroy them is the will of God. Because they're confirming the word of God. God used heathen, pagan nation to whip Israel who knows the truth and won't live it. Just like God used crisis in our lives and punished us for not doing what's right. God used circumstances in your job, in your family, in your marriage, in all the situations to punish you, to turn you around. Sickness sometimes. 
punishing you for bad decision, punishing you for rebellion, punishing you for indecency, or lack of holiness. God will do it all. You get mad, you lose your soul. But if you cry to God, God revealing and lets you free. Amen. Now you see that that's what's happening back here. So Israel's crying to God, and they're crying, and oh Lord, oh Lord, have mercy. Well, what God did, what God put in their midst, like it to David. When David sinned with Bathsheba, God said, David, the sword will always be in your house. And David's kids were immoral, they were rude, and into the last days dying, amen, they're trying to overthrow him, his own kids, because the sword never left his house. That's exactly what's happening to Israel right now. The house of Israel is having a sword over them. And they will not be free until Jesus Christ comes and set them free. Whom the Son set free is free indeed. Now, if they cry for release and repentance, God said, I'll, I'll forgive. If they don't, but they won't cry. They're haughty. All right? So he's not going to punish them six times, seven more times. In fact, let me read it to you here. This is amazing. God said to Israel, Leviticus, go there, please. Leviticus 26 and verse 3. Look there. If you walk in my commandments and keep my commandments and do them, read on. Verse 4, please. I will give you rain in their season, land in your fruit and increase, the tree of the field and in your fruit, and so on. Verse 5. They said, uh, and God said, I'll bless you and eat to your foot. That's the reward for living right. You live right, success, prosperity, abundance. Don't let their fear be your fear. I'll be there for you. I'll build an edge around you. Verse 6. God says, Hey, God, and I'll give you peace in the land. You shall lie down. None shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land. You shall the sword go through your land. What God's trying to say, That's what Israel should be enjoying right now. And you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. None of that is happening. Verse 8. And five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. That's not happening. Verse 9. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply and establish my covenant with you. Verse 9 says that. If you live right. And you shall eat the old store and bring for the old because... Of the new, oh my God, I said, abundance is going to be yours, Israel. Everything that you long for, what the nation will love to have, you're going to have a super abundance because you walk in Please, God. Verse 11. And I'll set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. But don't stop there, folks. Read on. And I'll walk among you, and it will be your God, and he shall be my people. Verse 13. And the Lord your God was brought to the foot of the land of Egypt. You should not be their bondsmen. And I've broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. Verse 14. But, oh, that's a negative conjunction. But if you will not walk, and hearken unto me, I will not do all these commandments. Go on. Verse, and you shall despise my statutes. And if your soul abhor my judgment, so if you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant. Verse 16. 
I'll also do unto you. I'll even put unto you over you terror. Terror is a short for terrorist. So if you want to know why terrorist is bothering Israel, there's a word right there. Terror means terrorist. Look at the dictionary. So terrorist today bothering Israel came from this scripture. That I will do unto you exactly what you doing right now. I will sit over you terrorist. One more thing, consumption. Burning on. That means disease. That's to consume the eyes. And sorrow of heart. In other words, you are depressed and oppressed and distressed. Powerless, helpless, hopeless, godless, fruitless. And you shall sorrow of heart and sow your seed in vain. For your enemies shall eat it. Read on. And I'll set my face against you. And you shall be slain before your enemies. Holocaust. But they hate you and shall reign over you. And he shall flee when none pursue you. You know, they have five seconds to a shelter. Some place ten seconds to a shelter. They're running all the time. They're gunshot. Go on, please, verse 19. And if you and if you'll not yet, listen to me, verse 18, back, please. And if you'll not yet, for all this hearken unto me, I'll punish you seven times more for your sins. What did Daniel says? Seventy weeks. Ten punishments of sevens. Ten mean completion. The last one will be the tribulation. God is counting. And I'll break the pride of your power. What power? Military power. And I will even make your heavens as iron. And your earth as brass. And your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield or increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield or fruit. it. We were driving through Judah. From Lebanon to Judah. And I asked the Jewish leader... How come there's all this sand dude here? Where's the promised land? He said, the Bedouin did it. I said, how could the Bedouin did all this? No. Look, Haggai tells you what happened. Heaven became brass. The rain stopped falling. Elijah told you, when they sit against God, rain stops. The crop dies. Insect rises. So right now, Israel's problem is not Islam. Islam problem, Israel's problem is God. She got to get back to God. When she a backslider, their problem is not drugs. It's not alcohol. It's a God problem. <coughs> well, you're not shy. It's all right. I don't care what you think. Verse 22. And I'll send a wild beast among you. That shall rub you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you feel. He said, he said, what kind of God is this? Is he so vindictive? No, that's the wages of sin. When you sin, you don't choose the consequences. It comes with it. Verse 23. And if you're not reformed by me, let me repent. By these things, but will walk contrary to me. That were, you're stubborn and you won't change. All right? Verse 25. Then will I walk contrary to you and punish you seven more times for your sin. Keep on reading, please. Verse 25. And I'll bring a sword upon you, which will avenge the quarrel of my covenant. 
And when you gather together within your cities, I'll send you pestilence among you. And you shall deliver in the end of your enemy. That's exactly what's happening. The UN does not have the answer. And he goes on and goes on. Goes on, church. Goes on. Look, look. Read for yourself. In other words, God gave Israel two mountains. One of blessing if you live for me. Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Choose which one of those mountains, Israel. And Israel chose the mountain of curse. Let's worship God. So look at this, folks. Back to our chart here. The problem with the judges, they had no successors or mentorship program. No training. Any organization that don't have no training program, in any district that has no training program, that doctrine of that district is going to die. Give it time. I prophesied it will die. It has to die. That's why two men, amen, can't live together in marriage and stay in any colony and live and reproduce. They will die. That's why God made male and female. That's the will of God. The will of God produce kids. Huh? The abomination of men bring death. Let's worship God. All right. No successor. No training program available. And, right? <laughs> and they, they, they went into them and they demanded them and they lost the ark of God to the enemy. How did God respond? God said, I want to prove you. And remove the edge. And I'm going to do what? I'm going to do what? Punish them. With the, the people you run with. You see, God, the thing that we do, God used that and punishes us with it. Alright? Praise God. Alright? Thank you. So look at this now. Here's the temple sacrilege. The temple sacrilege here. Look at that. Folks, look at this right here. These are Judges 21, 25. Right? Every man do what's right in his own eyes. Seven times I mentioned that. Eli and his sons, spiritual workers in high places. In church, I could go into their religion today, and it's not, nothing close to what God wants. Judaism is not what Moses gave them. That's the Jews' religion. This is what they have today. Eli's sons' doctrine. Eli's compromise. And God's anger at them. But in the midst of that, God's raising up Annas and Ruth. Samuel is almost like us Gentiles. We don't belong to the priesthood. But here we come in into a system that's blinded. It says parcel blindness is on what? Israel. And in the midst of the parcel blindness of Israel, God grafted in the Gentiles. And gave us the revelation. So we keep lighting the lamp. And now he's calling us the light of the world. The church become the light. Because Israel has gone out. And we become now the candle upon the hill. Exactly what happened to Eli. When Eli was getting partially blinded. And the light was going out. God raised up Samuel. And Samuel brought light back. And the Gentiles. God said, I'm going to turn to the Gentiles. I'll be a light to them. And they're going to bring about the church to the truth. Hello. All right? Now, so we see here, we see right here, that 
root prepare us for David. All right? Root did what? Prepare us for David. All right? Thank you. Now, look, look how God is smart, folks, and most people miss this. Look at the book of Judges. Look how it ends. Please go there, please. Please go there. This is a derogatory term. And every man did what was right in his own eyes. Church, can you imagine running a family like that? Can you imagine running a country like that? Everybody do their own thing? That's an outlaw city. <laughs> That's like a gun, gun, gun smoke city, eh? Shoot who you want to, cuss who you want to, do what you want to, wear what you want to. Well, that's not how God started out in Mount Sinai. That's not, that's not how it was. So I'm trying to tell you, you know, I've seen Christians that one time used to dress like I dress, and to down the road they're full in patches, almost shoeless, homeless, and such like. It's not because they couldn't help it. They failed God. They turned them back on God, and God stripped them. Like you strip Naomi. Huh? God said, no. I won't bless you to serve pagans. Gods. No, I won't do that. Let them serve you. Go serve the one you served before. Let them deliver you. Let them do this for you. And God, God used the enemy and whipped them. Now, look at this, folks. The book of Judges. It's about a lost generation. And my question is, will this happen to this church? It could what happened if I ceased to be here? Who would you allow behind this pulpit? What kind of doctrine would you allow to come in this church? What kind of stand would you take? And when you hear the wrong sound, what would you do? What would you throw off? What would you keep? Because if the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? You'll never know until you're tested. You'll never know until you get that opportunity to compromise and to sell out cheap. Well, they, they got a chance. Number one, this book is teaching us they knew not God. What about our kids? Do they know God? The little boy in the Holy today, while I was talking to him, telling him, he was quoting scriptures I heard, he was chanting scriptures. At Camp Yogi, he had the most questions asking me about things of God. How can I be surprised that I have the Holy Ghost? That in Christian mind, and God, God responded to it. They were too young to be hungry for God. Samuel was very young, had not yet known the law, but was still doing it. But revelation came. We are like Samuel, the Gentiles who knew not God, now is discovering God. Light in the lamp, for the lamp should go on in Israel. Our light is coming on. Now, look at this. Number two, they're unaware of the works of God. Christ don't tell them how they got blessed. The children grow up to think they're entitled. God must do what they want at any cost. They're spoiled. They don't know war. They haven't learned how to fight. They were isolated and not insulated. And so they can't fight for themselves. They tolerate immorality, indecency. They also were unequally yoked in marriage by compromise. They forsook God, but used Him with flattery, and they live a life of cycles of sin. 
Israel today is not like Israel yesterday when they came out of Egypt. Think about it. Where there is no successor in Israel, there's no judge. Where there's a judge, unless he lived to serve God, but there was never in their heart, as soon as Moses died or Joshua died, they went right back where they were. God took them out of Egypt, but couldn't take Egypt out of them. Most churches like this one, we have found people being converted. They want to be saved, but not be converted. Converted means changed from, into, from one state to another state. Huh? To be changed from the power of sin, the penalty of sin, the presence of sin, and the pleasure of sin. So they didn't want the lawless generation. And everybody do what's right in their own eyes, and they befriend the enemy of God. You know what the Bible said to us? Friendship, friendship what? Friendship of the world is what? Enmity with what? With God? The Bible says that. Now, look at this here. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Why is God holding me to Jewish standard? Because I serve the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, of Jacob. And I tell people, I can predict any church, including this one, how we're going to behave based on the history of our long-term relationship with Israel. You can predict it. In Genesis, we see the promises to a nation to be called Israel. In Exodus, the deliverance of Israel. In Joshua, the conquest of Israel. And then in the book of Judges, the servitude of Israel. Apostasy, civil strife, moral decay, cycles of sin. No eternal security. Israel. Why is Israel today defeated? Why is Israel troubled? Why are heathen reigning over Israel? Why is Israel without a peace? Why is Israel even condemned to depend on the nation when God says, i got a bigger plan for you? Think about it. Thank you. Thank you. All right? Look at this here. We see here the post news of Israel. Here's the Hebrew family. What we call the family in heaven. The family of God. The name Jesus Christ is a family name. It is. And look what happened. From Abraham to Joseph, you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. All of these had prosperity and success. Did you know you can live for God and have a, a trouble-free life? When you waste, please God... Everything's going to be all right. And that's why I know if I walk in the steps of backslidden in Israel, the same is going to happen to me. Because as I am the Lord, I change not. They are the kingdom of Israel, but we are the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is within you. Now look at this. The Hebrew family prospered. For 360 years, but Israel, as a created nation, after Joseph, from Joseph to Jerubbabel, 110 years, we see theocracy, monarchy, and dependency. In other words, they were first living for God. They asked for a king. That's called monarchical king. 
and they said we want a king I'll give them one and those kings drove them into apostasy and into dependency that's the nation of Israel history and I don't know if America know this or Canada know this but my Bible teaches that if you forget your past you're condemned to repeat it and we need to understand what's, happened, what's happening in Jerusalem your brothers and sister is in Israel You've been adopted. You've been grafted in. But let's not walk in their footprints. Let's not do as they did. Let's not ask for a king when God is your king. Hello? Let's not reject God-given leadership when God gave you one. Don't buy your own priest. God set you in the church for His purpose. And so the next division of the history of post-Israel in news it's their Jews' religion. Paul says, I was in the Jews' religion. When did they become the Jews' religion? Most pastors say, my church, my church. It is their church. Pastors don't have a church. I am in the church. Well, that's pastor in your church. No, he doesn't own a church. He never can own a church. I am in the church. Jesus says, my church. I'll build my church. It can't be my church and his church at the same time. Can't be. Who owns it? He says, I'll build my church. I'm in his church. I'm just the under shepherd through the great shepherd. Take care of his flock. Alright? And from Zerubel to Nehemiah, 110 years, we see here, look at this folk. Restoration, reconstruction, revival, and relapse. You can't get the country out of the man. You heard the story before? You can move a man out of the country, but he can't get the country out of the man. That's sin. You know, you can you, you can get a pig and wash him all you want to, and, and dress him up with a, a tuxedo tie and all that shirt and, and tie and suit and all that stuff. Well, that pig's going back to that mud. That dog's going back to his vomit. That's how sin is. It won't take you back there. But stand up, church. So you're not taking me back. There's no road going back there. I want to highlight to glory. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shatalamahat. So I'm trying to tell you, church, don't feel sorry for Israel. When she accepts her punishment, these guys who are giving her a hard time will cease to be a problem. Look at this. Look at how God works in stages, church. When they went into captivity, under Daniel's prophetic words, after the book of Daniel, this is what happened, folks. And I want you to tell this, folks, because it's in the news. But I want to give you the biblical news. Now, you know, I don't, I don't expect many churches to support me. Most churches are compromising anyway. They're giving in to a world system of political correctness, postmodernism, and all that stuff. You know, and rationalism and, and paganism and, <laughs> and all kind of isms. But I'm back to Christianity. A Christian is Christ like person. Look at this. There are one, two, three stages of restoration. The first stage after they left Babylon, because Babylon was a partial return to bring Christ into the picture. Now, folks, hear me. When Israel became a nation, 
Mount Sinai, they asked for a king. And God gave them King Saul. King Saul failed like God says he would. God gave them David. They all reigned 40 years each. David and the throne to Solomon. He spent 40 years. Solomon gave this to his son, and his son made a great mistake, Rehoboam. And a young lad called Jeroboam split Israel into two and walked up with ten tribes and left two tribes. Well, the ten tribes, went, called the Northern Kingdom, went into captivity forever. And never came back to the year 2000 A.D. That's a long time. Because they told God, I don't care what you said. We're going to worship the Queen of Heaven and serve baby Tammuz. They said in the Jeremiah, they told God that. They said, we don't care what you say. We ain't going to do what you say at all. We're going to serve the Queen of Heaven. I said, all right, out. God threw them out of the land. He gave it to the Gentiles. That's why these Arabs are there today. And now the, the, their sister, southern tribes, uh, follow her footprints and do the same thing. And God said, out. And threw her out too. And used Iraq to expel them for 70 years. Hello? And then after 70 years, Daniel prayed. And guess God raised up? God raised up Zerubbabel in 536 B.C. Right? And then God raised up Ezra to build what? The temple. And God built the walls with Bemine in 445 B.C. And then in 445 B.C., Daniel made a prophecy about 70 weeks. Seven times 70. Are you with me? Now, folks, look at this here. What you need to understand, when you read in Revelation, it says, and time shall be no more. It means time shall be no more for Israel's sins. God's going to bring it to what? A closure. Folks, you need to learn this because I'm talking about your heritage. I'm talking about the history of your family. And don't expect the radio to tell you this. It's in the Bible, and some pastors won't even mention it because they won't even go there. I don't understand. I'm not sure why. But you should know this. What we're dealing with, church. Now, first Israel was in Egypt. Right? Then the northern tribe went to Assyria. In 721, 22 B.C. And in Babylon, the southern tribe. Right? So here, we have, first of all here, there were Egypt as slaves. And Moses delivered them. Is that right? It's called theocracy. God ruling through a man. But someone says, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to go to God direct. Many people try that and get killed. And some of the judge What's going to judge for that? God chose to work through a man. No matter what you say. No matter how wicked men are, God still works through men. He does. And they have to give an account to God later on. All right, there were slaves and God gave a theocracy. God reigned through men and brought total deliverance. Why are we back into the sin of the world? That's the dog back to the vomit, right? It's the pig back in the wall of the mire. And so, when they ask for a king, who do they insult? God! Can you think of another time when they did that? They told Jesus that. We have no king. Caesar is our king. They make the that old Antichrist their king. Look at this, folks. And so, in 721 B.C., 
the northern tribe, the ten tribes, went around the world, never came back until the year 2000. Right? There's no deliverance. Can you see this, folks? No deliverance. The ten tribes never came back. But the two tribes, the southern, on the Cyrus. You know who Cyrus is? He's a Persian. It's amazing. A Persian king said, Israel, go back home. And by the way, God told me to build your temple. And no charge to you. Keep using that. God couldn't find a Jew to do it, so God used a Gentile to do it. He said, go home, boys. You know how many went home? Very few. Less than 100,000 went home. Less than 100,000 decided to They love it in Babylon. They want to stay there. When the punishment becomes convenience for them to live in. It's amazing, isn't it? God didn't make work for you to love work and become a workaholic. <laughs> and folks become workaholics today. They love work, right? Like the law. The law was not given for Israel to love it, but now they love the law so much they couldn't accept grace. So many extremes in their behavior. Anyway, here we are, 70 years expired. Daniel prayed about it. You can see it in your Bible. And the pendency they were under. And God said, now, let's take this captivity away and send them back home partial deliverance, partial deliverance, and they stay, now, they stay in the promised land under Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Are you with me? Till Jesus was born. And the ninth chapter of Daniel tells you Christ will be born in the 69th week, somewhere there. It happened, folks. So look at that now. Now, folks, you said, Pastor Neil, why are you doing that to us? One guy said, Pastor Neil, that's too much study. We're going to fry our brain. That's too bad, but I think you should know it. It's really for your learning. <laughs> right? Trim my head gray. I, I know you want to remember all of this, but I'm going to tell you most of it right now. Here's what Daniel said, Daniel chapter 9. Go to very quickly, please. You know where it's at. You can find it later on. Now, chapter 9, go to the police church. Please go there. Look it up. He's praying, asking God to send deliverance. And God said, Daniel, I've heard your prayer. <laughs> Long time ago, I heard your prayer, but you know the devil, the devil stopped Gabriel from bringing an answer to you. Amazing, isn't it? Seventy weeks are determined. Could someone please tell the United States Secretary of State this scripture here? Seventy weeks are determined on the people upon the land, upon the nation, upon the covenant. And there's nothing the United States or UN can do until this is fulfilled. They can't push it, they can't slow it down, they can't help it, for the heavens rule. And I'm taking church. Just hang tough. Amen. Now, I'm going to shock you. Do you know there's going to be a thing on earth called the year 3000? But you won't be here. On earth, the date will be year 3000. Huh? Because in creation... 
It's not complete yet. We're in the sixth creative day. And each creative day is 7,000 years long. And we've only gone 4,000 and 2,000, 6,000, and one more thousand to come. Because 3,000. And then comes the end. Hello? And that's when Israel is going to live and reign over all nations. No more war. No more fighting. No more guns. No more weapons. Heaven is going to rule. Thy will be done on earth and in her as in heaven. But not right now. Right now what's happening? Wicked angels are in the river Euphrates from Turkey all the way to the Persian Gulf. Coming right to that area. Angels are in that area right now. That's where the wars are right now. Going to Iraq, right down to the Persian Gulf. And they're waiting for God to release them. And He can't release them until certain things happen. Now, we're seeing it happen, church. You are the end time generation. Right? Look at this. Seventy weeks. If how are you, come and look at this and, and copy it. But in 445 B.C., the countdown starts, the seventy weeks. Seven weeks, certain things happen. The walls are built, troublesome times. Then after six or two weeks, then we're going to find the, the Messiah is going to be born. And the sixth and the seventh, sixth and ninth week, he'll be killed. Cut off. He died. A week, by the way, let me explain what a week means. A week simply means uh, seven years. This came from Joseph. I mean, uh, Jacob. When Jacob said, I will fulfill her week so I can marry Rachel. How many weeks did he work for her? Seven years equal one what? Week. He worked two weeks to get Rachel, which is 14 years. So, when it says fulfill her week, it means work 14 years to get her. So the week means right here. And this is here telling you how many years it took. So Christ's death and birth could have been predicted, and they didn't know it. They missed it. Israel missed it. When Jesus died on the cross, they, 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 they made a mistake. The same people could judge it and said, We have no king. We want a king. Say it again. We have no king. And they're doing what's right in their own eyes. Now, you see this right here? This gap, church, that's where we are. We're right here. We come in this gap right here, that 2,000-year gap. We're in there. That's where we're grafted in. And we, like Samuel, are rewriting the light of the temple. But this time, the temple is our body. Your body is the temple. And your circumcision is without hands. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're, you're circumcised and sealed. Your sealing is the, of the Holy Ghost is your circumcision. You understand that? And when you're baptized in Jesus Christ's name, that's your labor of water. You understand that? And so you become the candle that's, that's lit in Revelation. And those, it's not a menorah. It didn't say in Revelation it's a menorah. Menorah is for Israel. But it's a candle. Stand by itself. Read it for yourself again. Seven candle stick. Seven individual candle stick. You're not a menorah. You understand that? You're a vertical standalone. The seven churches mean us, Gentiles. Where's Israel all the time? Israel is beating her up. The world's beating her up, and so on. So, church, you're right here, right here. So, between so it's Israel, Israel lost out when she crucified Jesus at 33 A.D. and in 70 A.D. Christ's generation ended. Christ's generation ended in 70 A.D. and the temple was destroyed. 
and Jerusalem was destroyed. In 140, they were dispersed around the world. They will not return until 1948. They did. Now they're back in their homeland. It's causing problems. But what's happening? They are in there as Ezekiel 37 said they would be, and they're a mighty army without the Spirit. Now, why am I telling this church? Look at this map right here. Can't tell where you are. No, I know you're curious to write the year 2014, but you don't know since what? Since what? 2014 since what? It means a lot to you what it means. You're counting down. You're counting down. You are now the spiritual Jew. You're a spiritual Israel. And we've got people among us that have cycles of sin. They're in the church, out of the church, in the church, out of the church, in the church, out of the church. we got men in the ministry who are immoral. Sacrilegious, apostate. we got churches that are sitting of Satan. We have them too. It's no different. We're, we are living what natural Israel is. And we're seeing people at one time used to live for God who had power with God now are under the dominance of Satan. Are made captives at will. So the question is, are we going to make the same mistake they made? Because Paul told you in Romans chapter 9, 10, 11, do not make the same mistake they made. You don't believe me? I'll prove it to you. You don't believe me. I don't even want to go home and stay with me for a while. First Corinthians 10. Go there, please. Look, look at your Bible, because you need to handle that Word of God, because someday it will be taken from you by wicked governments. Alright? If you listen to your Bible, it talks about, it's written for your learning, and for your what? Now, church, I hope we never see this last week, the 70th week. I hope we never see it. Because if you see it, I know you've missed it. Now, I know some guy tell you, we're going to be post-trib route. You know, Taken off the earth, that's not true. It's pre trim or no trim at all. Alright? When Israel will be the head of the nation. Look at this. Now come to a close here. Can you believe that? I hear you. Good riddance! No. I'm going to keep on talking to you. What we're looking at right here is. Uh, we're looking at right here now at the people that oppress Israel. Historical oppression and present oppression. Historically, the head of gold, the silver, the brass, and the iron, and the iron clay of Daniel chapter 2, and the lion of chapter 7, the bear, the leper, the beast of Daniel, is identical to the book of Revelation chapter 13. We are seeing that oppression now. Now, the cycles of Israel's sin, are you with me? Is to teach us how we see Israel and learn what causes that. No leadership, no headship, no law, and every man doing his own business. You can't operate that way in our success. Amen? Now, you see this right here, folks? Copy this and and use it. Alright? Jerusalem, right here. Jerusalem, it says here, is above and Jerusalem below. Jerusalem above is Sarah. That's a typology. 
and Jerusalem is Hagar, which is, which is with Ishmael. And they said it's theirs. But the Jerusalem we have in chapter 7 of Hebrews, go there please, very quickly. Jerusalem, which is called King of Salem. Right? Who's that King of Salem? Jesus Christ, the Melchizedek priesthood. You belong not to a living court priesthood that belonged to Jerusalem below here, and the temple down here, but you belong to a, what? Melchizedek priesthood. You belong to a monarchy that's in heaven. And just as Israel is surrounded, I see churches overthrown by governments and systems when they let down on God. Same thing happened to them. So I can predict what will happen to this church if we turn to a certain direction. Guaranteed. He'll just walk right out. He can bomb. And it'll be a dead place. Nothing happened. What's going to happen here? Except woe and destruction. But if we please God, blessings, prosperity, success, goodwill, peace among men. Can someone say amen? Amen. All right. Look at that, chapter 7. What do you see there? All right. These are the nations that oppressed Israel. They oppressed Israel. Egypt oppressed the entire nation. As God told Abraham, but they weren't called Israel yet. Were they? No. They were called Israel at Mount Sinai. Right? That's a nation. And then the judges, when Joshua is gone, they all became oppressed at different time periods because they forsook God. And God punished them several times. Seven times. The seven times is the seven captivities they've gone through. Are you with me? I mentioned them to you. And now the northern tribe, when they split off into two, two kingdoms, the northern tribe went into captivity, never came back to the year 2000. From, from 721 B.C. to the year 2000, they were dispersed around the world because they said, we will worship the Queen of Heaven and Satan Tammuz. That's where the Trinity came from. Nimrod, Tammuz, and Sinaramis. Okay? Pagans. Alright. The southern tribe in 606 B.C., they they also followed her. When you read the book of, of uh, book of uh, Hosea, he discussed how God tried to remarry Israel and didn't work. You, you, know, you know why Jesus Christ died? Let me tell you why he died. Jesus Christ died because he couldn't marry the church. So he died. And when he died and came back from the dead, he's free to marry who he will. And so he's going to marry the church now. And so Israel can never be his bride again. If I die tomorrow, my wife ceases to be my bride. If I by some chance come back, she don't owe me one bit. Sorry, Sister Neil. Hallelujah. And I come back more young and cute and more handsome. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's what he did. And the reason why he left his handkerchief in that tomb means I purchased her complete. I come back for her. Church, that means a whole lot. Church, you're so blessed. Before I came here tonight, God was impressed me. I said, Neil, 
I can do exceeding above all you can think, ask, or imagine. You say, you can't outthink my ability. You can't outask me. I, I can do beyond what you can even dream of. He's God! Now, folks, now, all this is history. This is history. This is history. All this is history. First, Greece, Rome, history. This kind of Israel. But, what happened? 1948, that's history too. 1967 war, they were gave back Palestine, Jerusalem. It's causing problems. Now, God knew how to start this world up. The world was at peace, I prove it to you. In Zechariah chapter 1 and 2 and 3 and 4, you're going to read the, the four horse riders of the apocalypse. I won't go into it tonight, but it says, The Gentiles are at peace. It says, My people are not at peace, Israel, and I'm mad. So, I'm going to stir them up. Now, they're stirred up right now. World War III is around the corner, friend. It's already started. It's first war of words. And one of those mad nations going to do something crazy and plunge us immediately into a war. And once they push that button, there's no retrieving. Hello. In World War II, you know how many people died? Several millions. In World War III, billions. Now, let me go on here. I'm depressing you now. Woo! Look at that. Everybody say hallelujah. You're wrong. I got more up here. <laughs> Will you stand? <laughs> I write in my notes here, divine... I mean, disobedience bring divine judgment on the nation of Israel. The lesson I learned from from what I just taught you a while ago is that the ways of sin, no one prospers. Sin is a reproach. The way of sin is death. Sin separates from God. Sin leads to captivity. Sin robs us of peace. Sin defeats us. And only in obedience do we have victory. As long as they remain faithful to God, they were what? Successful. Another thing I learned from this study is that leadership has purpose. Right? You've got to have a Savior in your life. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Praise God. Why? To deliver us from the power of sin, the presence of sin, the penalty of sin, the presence of sin, and the prosperity of sin. Israel had no commitment to God. They forgot Him and His goodness. They forgot His work. They abandoned His altar. They provoked Him to bless you. God, I'm not going to bless you in your sins. Don't they, folks? If I was to leave church today, I won't. I'd be no different than a branch broken off from a tree. The tree don't branch that's broken off don't go brown immediately. It stays green for a few for a while, right? And if fruit was on it, it stays there for a while. But give it time, gonna rot. <laughs> and I want to tell you, church, when a person walked in the steps of the Book of Judges, 
you know, we preachers don't want to preach about it, but we should. Because people are living that life. In, out, in, out. Every evangelist comes, they got a revival. A revival only means, so let's pray through again. Again? That's number 99 times. You see, the grace of God was turned to disgrace by the nation of Israel. But God said, Israel, repent or perish. Look what they did. They tolerate Sodomites, the Benjamites, the Danites. They were sons of Bilal. The climate was immoral. Their priesthood was for hire. And they were just corrupted. And over five times, it says, they cried unto the Lord. Let me give the references here. Chapter 3 and verse 9, they cried to God. Verse 15, they cried to God. Chapter 4 and verse 3, they cried to God. Verse 7, verse 6, they cried. And the list goes on and goes on. So, Mr. Pastor, what do you learn from all this? I know where Israel is headed. She's not falling. She's stumbling. And when you fall, you're done. Babylon has fallen. Egypt has fallen. Russia will fall. Hitler fell. Israel stumbled. And God will revive her. But he will not do it until she repents. And said, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Would you bow your heads tonight? I want to ask you right now.